Welcome to the latest installment of The Curious Capitalist. The Curious Capitalist is a series of podcasts where we take the opportunity to not only speak to board members from the Conscious Capitalism Connecticut chapter, but also local business owners, startups and entrepreneurs from across the state of Connecticut. Welcome to this edition of The Curious Capitalist. On this edition, I'm pleased to introduce Michael Waz. Michael is the Vice President of Brand Partnership for TerraCycle. And before joining TerraCycle, Michael earned his Bachelor's of Science in Political Science, History and Music, then on to his Master's in Political Science from the Central Michigan University. Michael, welcome to The Curious Capitalist. Thank you, Claire. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Let's jump straight in. Tell me about TerraCycle. Tell me what you do. Tell me all about it. TerraCycle is a company focused on eliminating the idea of waste. And we do that in three main ways. We work to make it possible to recycle absolutely everything by creating innovative recycling solutions for everything from cigarette butts to dirty diapers, and then working with companies and individuals to create recycling platforms that allow people to recycle those products wherever they are. We then also work to innovate around creating unique supply chains for hard to use materials like beach and ocean bound plastic or other waste streams that typically don't get used and work with major consumer packaged goods companies to integrate those materials into their supply chain so that we're creating a more circular manufacturing process. And most recently, we developed a platform called Loop, which is a paradigm shift in how we think about uh, consumer products, at least in the modern age. It's actually a really old idea, which harkens back to the milkman concept in a time when people around the world used durable, reusable products. I remember uh, it well. Does that mean I'm old, Michael? I remember no, glass milk no, bottles. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, and in fact, that model was really, it was far more than the milkman. As we looked at daily life, people were used to reusing things over and over, mending clothes when there was a rip. So in a lot of ways, the question became, how did we get to where we are now in the midst of a plastic crisis, a waste crisis globally? And the reality is that recycling is a solution, but it is not the solution if we're looking to end the global waste crisis really the question becomes, how do we design waste out of the system altogether? And so Loop was TerraCycle's response, which allows consumer packaged goods companies to take the products that everyone knows and loves, whether that's from a big partner like P&G or Unilever or Nestle or small startup independent companies manufacturing products and helps them move from disposable packaging into using durable, reusable packaging uh, by providing a platform to collect and sanitize and sterilize and sell those products uh, through right now an e-commerce platform that is available online, but soon coming to retailers around the world. So how does Loop work? So say I'm a small manufacturing business in Connecticut and I'm currently not using recyclable materials. How does it work for me as an everyday person? with a small business, manufacturing something, needing access to, to try and do the right thing. 
Sure. So Loop is a platform that allows you to sell products to consumers that use durable packaging. And so the way the process works is if you're selling, let's say, granola, and you're currently packaging the granola in a disposable bag or a multi-layer laminate bag with a resealable top, Loop allows you to move into using perhaps a durable, reusable metal canister. And so the products then get sold through the Loop store, which you can find online. So today, consumers can buy those products online. They're shipped to your home in a reusable shipping tote. You use and enjoy the products. And when the packaging is empty, you simply put it back in the tote and send it back off to be cleaned and uh, sterilized and then refilled and sent back out again. Okay, cool. So how long has TerraCycle been going and who set it up? What was the premise for it in the very beginning? TerraCycle is nearly 20 years old as a business, and our founder, Tom Zaki, created the company when he dropped out of Princeton to take Princeton's dining hall refuse and feed it to worms to create vermicompost, which is a fantastic natural fertilizer. He took that vermicompost and turned it into a, a liquid fertilizer that was a fantastic natural organic plant food and bottled it. And as he was looking at at finding recycled bottles, uh, identified that it was cheaper to use virgin plastic bottles instead of recycled bottles. And that didn't seem right uh, as he was trying to create an eco-friendly product. And so he actually created a platform for schools all over America to send in bottles that could be reused for packaging the liquid worm poop fertilizer. And that then became the world's first product made entirely from waste and packaged entirely in waste. He used uh, off-spec trigger head sprays that were going to be thrown away because they were the wrong color or didn't meet a packaging spec for a cleaning company, but would work fine for an organic fertilizer. And that started him on a journey of finding ways to eliminate waste. And so for many years had an award-winning fertilizer and then in 2007 and 2008, we launched national recycling programs for products that didn't otherwise have recycling solutions, starting with drink pouches with Honest Kids and then Capri Sun and Cliff Bar packaging and yogurt containers, uh, things that consumers want to recycle but don't have access to through their local municipal recycling programs. So I guess the premise is to recycle or find solutions for recycling things that previously haven't been recycled. But is there not much merit in not making those disposable plastics and disposable pieces of packaging in the first place? And that's a great question. And I think it's helpful if we step back and think about the progression of packaging and why we're in a disposable world right now. And really it's because shifting from an era when everything was durable and reusable to using uh, disposable products really started in the middle of the 20th century with the advent of uh, disposable packaging and complex polymers and the development of all kinds of packaging types that enabled innovation in products and packaging through disposability. And the reality is that disposability brought a lot of benefits to people in terms of convenience and not needing to clean and dry a container and lug it back to the store to refill it with content. And in terms of being able to get something into the field or into another area where you needed it to be sanitary or sterilized and putting it into sealed plastic packaging solves that problem. 
so there are some real benefits to disposability. And I think that's the challenge is as we look at shifting from a world that is overrun by disposable packaging to a time and finding a paradigm where that isn't the case, it's important to keep in mind why we are addicted to disposable products and packaging. So the question becomes not just how do we get there, but really why would people want to shift back? And so Loop attempts to provide all of the benefits of disposability, the convenience for the consumer, the same ease of use, but allow them to do that with durable, reusable packaging. Yeah, I mean, I used to live in Spain and when I first moved there, I was absolutely astounded at the single-use plastics because a lot of the areas still don't have adequate drinking water on tap, so to speak. So I would see these wonderful old Spanish women carrying these five litre bottles of water home and then on the beaches and, and in rural areas, they were just dumped everywhere. And I was just like, this is insanity. This is just insanity. And it doesn't seem to be changing. So I guess what you're saying is that single use packaging kind of has a place and you have a solution for when that is the case to recycle it. However, I guess the holy grail would have been to perhaps us not become so addicted to single use packaging in the first place. That's right. And maybe the easiest way to think about it is that waste is a design flaw. It is the unintended consequence of trying to solve a consumer need, right? By trying to make people's lives easier, the end result was creating a mountain of waste and truly a mountain of waste. So I think we're now seeing the inevitable result of pumping billions of pounds of material out into the environment and needing to rethink that cycle entirely. And so that's where it's been invigorating to see large consumer packaged goods companies taking to circular design uh, concepts and embracing the circular economy, which is intended to reduce our impact on the planet, not just for waste, but really in terms of impact across the board. The real question is, how do we shift the paradigm completely? I hear lazy humans. That's what I keep hearing. It keeps going around in my head, lazy humans. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about how you got to this point in your career. Obviously, you studied political science. Have you always been interested in this field? You know, how did your career evolve to get to TerraCycle and where you are now? I've always been interested in ways that organizations, businesses, governments, nonprofits interact and finding ways to drive positive change in the world and actually never intended to end up at a private company. I always thought I would work in the nonprofit sector or for an intergovernmental agency. But while I was doing graduate school, I discovered the concept. It was new to me of social enterprise, the triple bottom line, that it is possible to create a business that is focused on more than maximizing profit for shareholders. And that in fact, I think and have come to firmly believe that intentional capitalism, purpose-driven business is perhaps the most powerful force for change in the world because it harnesses the incredible power of the market to drive positive impact. And so that's what led me to TerraCycle. I bumped into the founder and CEO of TerraCycle at the airport two weeks later through pure luck, I was flying to another job interview at a nonprofit 
but struck up a conversation with him and that led to me moving to Trenton, New Jersey the next week and starting a position at TerraCycle, which at that time was very much a worm poop fertilizer company. And we were just moving into recycling the non-recyclable. And so over the next five years, we expanded those recycling programs to more than 20 countries and hundreds of products and waste streams. And so have now been able to see that platform grow and expand and really enjoyed the opportunity, not just to have a measurable impact in the sense that TerraCycle is keeping things out of landfill that would almost inevitably end up there, but also I've been able to work with companies to implement sustainable design and sustainability into their communications and marketing and product development processes. And I think that's the real impact in that the goal is to shift the paradigm for everyone. And so whether that's a student at an elementary school who is seeing that it's possible to recycle something that they thought was trash before, or that there's ways to use things that would be considered trash to actually create a lot of value, or helping adjust the mentality for brand marketers and salespeople within large companies to understand the power of uh, sustainability to have meaningful business impact. So I think there's a lot of benefit to shifting people's paradigm. Absolutely. I guess I'm just thinking, you know, is that you are a very important piece of the jigsaw puzzle with the waste that the big corporations and small companies are making and and doing that good which does tie in so nicely with obviously some of the principles of conscious capitalism i guess little me sat here in connecticut is saying well why aren't we telling these big companies to stop making single use packaging you know if they didn't make it there wouldn't be this problem that then you have to find the solution for to recycle and try and save the planet or is that too simplistic I don't know that it's not too simplistic, but I think it places the focus in the wrong spot in that the only reason companies are making these products is that people are buying them. And so we can tell the companies to do whatever we want, but they will follow what people are actually doing. And I can guarantee you that if in the next three months, every person globally stopped buying products packaged in disposable packaging, companies would develop the most amazing, innovative, durable packaging solutions overnight because the market follows demand. And it's important for us all to think about that because we vote every day with every purchase we make for the kind of products and companies we want to support. And so it's easy to think, oh, these companies shouldn't be making this disposable packaging, but we are the reason that they're creating it, right? We're buying products. And so I think it's important to understand that we're all complicit in this platform. And so we all are responsible for shifting it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We can't point the finger at the the fat cat, so to speak. We need a bit of people power. Yeah. Right. Well, and I can tell you, there's not a single room anywhere where a group of executives are saying, oh, right, let's make this product that's going to result in a waste issue. In fact, I think everyone would want to avoid that, but we're looking at the realities of mass production, right? And how to create products at scale that we can get to the market at a price that people can afford. You know, there's a lot of variables to consider there. And so that's where I think embedding the principles of sustainable design and the circular economy in the product development process is important, but it's also crucial for all of us to be mindful of what we're buying and who we're buying it from, because uh, at the end of the day, that's what moves the market. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That does make sense. I'm sure uh, the credentials of their packaging is very low down on that list. And I'm sure profit is uh, certainly much higher, that's for sure. What do you wish you'd known before you started out on this particular career path uh, that led to TerraCycle? What do you wish you'd known before? Oh, there are so many things. I have looked at every day I've been at TerraCycle as an invaluable opportunity to learn because the company has grown and evolved and our list of partners has grown and evolved. And there has been an enormous learning opportunity every single day. And I think that's true for nearly everybody at TerraCycle. And um, so I think uh, there's no one thing that I think, oh yes, that would have changed everything, but really a hundred different lessons and learnings that have come in just such a wide variety of categories. So how did you first get involved with or hear about conscious capitalism here in Connecticut? Yeah, I was approached by Glenn McDermott, who uh, is uh, part of the Connecticut chapter, and he invited me to speak to the Connecticut chapter as one of the learning opportunities that the chapter does and invited me to connect with you for the podcast. Yeah, some of the events the Connecticut chapter put on are fantastic. They are such a wide range of speakers and it's been a privilege being able to speak to you uh, certainly uh, as part of the conscious capitalism uh, event schedule uh, but also to be able to do this podcast as well one of the key things about conscious capitalism is we we often talk about the company having a higher stated purpose what could you tell me about TerraCycle's higher purpose if you like and what does it mean to you it's a great question. And TerraCycle is a company that is first and foremost focused on finding ways to eliminate waste. And throughout our history, we have stayed true to that, sometimes in very creative ways and sometimes in really challenging ways. And so I think that has been the core of everything we do. And as a result has led us to some really incredible innovation, but has also helped us build a team of purpose-oriented people. And I've been privileged to work with not just incredible professionals throughout my time at TerraCycle, but people who are motivated to be doing more than just working at a company, people for whom the purpose is many times the main motivating factor for them. So I think that has been a crucial part of our growth over the last 20 years. So thinking about that culture, and your higher purpose within TerraCycle, thinking about the culture and the leadership, what language would you use to describe your organization's culture? Does it have a definable character? Well, it's been interesting in that the company has evolved so much, even just in the last couple of years. And so I think right now uh, we're very much in a growth mindset and that the company has doubled in terms of size of staff globally, over just the last couple of years, we're now 350 people plus across all markets. Wow. And so that has put us into a new and interesting place in that for many years, we had a, a core team and you know a lot of informal relationships. And now with the kind of growth we're experiencing, uh, it's crucial that we maintain that culture, even as we're introducing new folks to it. But I think that throughout, we have consistently attracted purpose-oriented people. And that has helped us build a very mindful, intentional culture. If you could snap your fingers and make one cultural change happen within TerraCycle, what would it be and why? That's a great question. And 
right now I would snap my fingers and make it possible for us to all be working uh, in offices together again, uh, where that's possible and able to work remotely with people as easily as we are now. And I think that's going to be a, an ongoing conversation, not just for TerraCycle, but for many companies exploring you know, the ways that we work together through the pandemic and then after. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it certainly had such an impact on so many companies. If there was a company that wanted to make a shift towards more consciousness, should we say, what would your advice be to that company? To embrace it wholeheartedly, because if you look at market research and what people are saying, people want to buy products from companies that have a purpose that is more than just making a good product. They want to buy products from companies who are taking care of their staff and their communities and the planet. And we're seeing that emerge uh, as a prevailing trend in the market research. And that has largely driven the conversation. And just, you know, in the last year, many of the most influential CEOs have signed on to a commitment to embed circular economy principles and a broader sense of stakeholders into their decision-making. And so we're seeing an evolution of Companies focus not just on shareholders as the only stakeholders, but uh, communities and employees as well. So, Michael, when you're not working, when you're not focused on your work, what do you like to do to relax, to unwind? TV, sport? I could hear the kids in the background occasionally. <laughs> yes. what, what, what do you get up to? I'm the proud and lucky father to two boys and have had just a blast with my wife seeing them grow and so we like to unwind with a lot of time outdoors whether that's hiking or taking the kids to the creek or for a bike ride uh, so i get a lot of family time in around uh, work and that is important and really the greatest source of joy for me and other than that i like to read and hopefully catch up on the news and be active outdoors that's quite a depressing thought uh, with the news, at least. Um, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, about coronavirus and how this pandemic has affected businesses, but also how it's affected individuals and how important the spending time outdoors, spending time with families is uh, to combat, you know, what could be considered, you know, a mental health pandemic as much as a, a global viral pandemic. Uh, what do you think about the benefits of obviously spending more time outdoors and more time with the family during this time. Oh, Claire, there's never been a more important time to spend time outdoors and with family or finding a chance to disconnect in whatever way that means for you. And I think you're right that we're facing an unprecedented challenge in maintaining social and emotional health for everyone, whether that's kids doing remote school or kids going to school with tremendous restrictions in place and to keep them safe and healthy to families who are in a small area and uh, perhaps an apartment where it's not easy to get outdoors. And especially I think for uh, communities where outdoor space and safe outdoor space isn't immediately available. We're looking at a really challenging time, especially as we go into the winter season here in the Northeast and across most of the United States. Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see how it all plays out, particularly with an election looming. If you could have dinner with any figure in history, who would it be? And what questions might you ask that person? Oh, 
uh, <laughs> if it's only one, uh, it's going to take me a minute to decide. No, I think, okay, you can uh, have two. Uh, you can have two, no, no, Michael. No, no. I'm fair. Look, there's so many, and I, you know, I, I, I read a fair bit, and I, j I think of everyone in history. Um, look, I'd want to get dinner with Martin Luther King Jr., and I'd want to ask him what he saw for us right now, 50 and 60 years on, and if where we are is uh, where he anticipated. And I think there's the reality is that it is facing the issues of dismantling systems of racial injustice is the critical challenge among many critical challenges for America right now. And I think there's a real lesson to be learned from going back and thinking about the beginning of the civil rights movement in its modern form. Mm, very much so. What do you think has been your greatest success, both professionally and personally, and why? My greatest success personally is anytime I can convince my kids to do their homework and uh, <laughs> do their chores and, <laughs> uh, and and go to bed. No, I look. I think being a parent uh, is. I often joke that uh, parenting is, in many ways, a tremendous exercise in delayed gratification. Right, and that you get some, you get to see how things are going in the short term, but really, you don't get to see, you know, how things turn out until your kids are adults and go off on their own. But I think the greatest joy in my life is uh, as a parent and going through the, you know, the joys and challenges of that process with my wife. Uh, so I think uh, just uh, raising kids and really, I think um, I was talking with my son just the other day, and he was talking about. Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. and what he's seeing on the news today and what that means. And so I think raising self-aware and socially aware kids is one of my greatest focuses. And so it's neat to see them thinking and talking about those things. And professionally, I take a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, TerraCycle's recycling platforms have grown and expanded. And I got to be a part of that from it's the very early days, but I really think on a daily basis, I take tremendous joy in seeing that my team grow and evolve and take on challenges and develop creative solutions far beyond what I could do. And so I think that is building a, you know, a top flight team and seeing them run the business in a, a fantastic way on a daily basis is probably my greatest professional accomplishment. Well, with great successes come sometimes fears and obstacles that you have to overcome. What has been your greatest fear that you've faced in your life? TerraCycle is a company built on innovation and constant change, and that is led by our CEO. And so there I have fear on a regular basis that the next venture, the next thing we will try isn't going to work out. And some things don't. And so it's really the learning to embrace the unknown has been uh, probably the biggest challenge in my life and uh, to embrace the opportunity that exists in building something that doesn't exist. Mm, the fear of change is a big one and failure, of course. Tell me a little bit about your plans then. So both personally and professionally over the next sort of five or 10 years, what, what, what do you see in the stars or in the tea leaves, as we would say in England, <laughs> sure. for you professionally and personally? Yeah, well, I have been able to be part of a fast-growing, purpose-oriented business for a long time, and that remains my uh, number one priority, right? So continuing to work with companies to help them embed circular economy and sustainability into their planning and 
have the chance to do that at TerraCycle and so have really appreciated that and look forward to continuing it. Personally, I really am excited to see my kids continue to grow and take on the world in new and exciting ways. It seems like every day they have something new that they're interested in. And so just helping them explore the world and learn about it and their role in it and how they can change it in store. That's really, I think, the name of the game for the next five to 10 years. Exciting stuff. Michael, thank you so much for your time. To wrap up, how can people find out more about you, TerraCycle? Is there a website, social media platforms? How should people reach out to you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We would love for people to visit us at TerraCycle.com or LoopStore.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube uh, by searching TerraCycle. And we encourage you to participate by signing up for a recycling program or buying a zero waste box or buying products through Loop and encouraging people to find ways to eliminate waste in their daily life. Michael, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Much appreciated. If you do want more information, do check out the TerraCycle website. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the latest instalment of The Curious Capitalist. For more information, you can visit the website, connecticut.consciouscapitalism.org.